Summer is the best time of year. Yes, I got into teaching because I really, really enjoy teaching and I really do. I love working with kids. I love that every day is a little bit different, but to be completely transparent, summers, I live for summer. The beach is my happy place. The sound of waves crashing, it it just, it soothes my soul. Summer is also the best time of year to change up what you're doing in the classroom, implement new things, or just make what you're doing a little bit better. That's why today we're going to talk about how you can use a little bit of your time this summer to prep your progress monitoring interventions so that when school starts, there's one thing you can cross off your to-do list. The beginning of the school year is an absolute whirlwind to say it nicely. So let's get started now so that we don't have to scramble when the time comes. Hi, I'm Jessica Curtis of Teaching Struggling Learners. I'm a boy mom and a veteran teacher. You're listening to the Reaching Struggling Learners podcast, where we talk all about helping students succeed academically, socially, and behaviorally. Thank you so much for tuning in. Okay, seriously, did I mention that I love the beach? I mean, I love summer, but I love the beach. I would spend my entire summer on the beach if I could. Even though my boys, you know, constantly throw sand on my beach towel, it is still my happy place. Unfortunately, I have to drag myself off the beach pretty regularly, you know, to do all those adult things, you know, like laundry and prep for next year and, you know, all that boring stuff. But the beach, that is my happy place. But if I do have to leave the beach, one of the important things I want to strongly encourage you to prep is your intervention and progress monitoring plan and your materials. With a little bit of time investment this summer, you could save yourself a lot of time during the school year. Also, you could save yourself a lot of headaches. We'll talk about that. So if you're with me on this, let's dive right in and, you know, get you prepped for the next school year. So the first thing that you want to do, and not many people are going to suggest this right off the bat, so bear with me, but I really, truly believe The first thing that you want to do is collect some screeners for the subject areas or the skills that you're going to be teaching next school year. There are tons of short, free screeners out there that you can use. Some curriculums also have screeners that are attached for you to use, depending on what you need. This is especially true for reading and math. I know there's screeners out there for writing. There's spelling screeners. There's lots of screeners out there. You can collect all that stuff now during the summer and have it ready to go when the time comes. Just do a quick search And you should be able to find and download lots of options for your skill or subject area. It's just going to take you a little bit of time to figure out, you know, maybe what grade level you need to look at, those kinds of things. But definitely grab those screeners to make your life easier. The next thing that you'll want to do is take a look at those screeners and break them down by skill set. 
most screeners already work in a, you know, most to least basic format. So, you know, the more simple skills are going to be at the beginning of the screener. It makes it easy to figure out what skills are needed so that you can build on those skills to the more complicated skills that you, you know, your kids are going to need later in the year. Then take a look at what you have available already as interventions for each of those skill areas. So for example, if you do a phonological screener, because you know I'm a big proponent of doing phonological awareness, you know, they, the way that those screeners are set up, most of them are set up, is it goes in order from, you know, the most basic or the most foundational skill to the most, you know, the most complicated or the ones that build on the others. So if you already have that screener broken down and you can take a look at what interventions you have available already in your classroom and start compiling that and figuring out, okay, for this skill area, these are the specific lessons in this, you know, curriculum. If you have Hegarty, for example, these are the lessons that I really want to hit to make to as an intervention for this skill area. And having that already in mind and the materials and all that already in mind and what you need to do is going to save you a ton of time during the school year. Next, after you figure out, you know, what kinds of interventions you would like to use or that you think would be most beneficial given, you know, the students that you'll probably have and your own teaching style, keep that in mind when you're making these decisions. Make sure that you collect progress monitoring assessments that you're going to want to use for each of those skill areas. The difference between intervention and the progress monitoring the intervention is the teaching of the skill, the practicing of the skill. But depending on whether you're working tier two or tier three, you're going to want to have progress monitoring snapshots. And again, these don't, these should not be, you know, 10, 20, 30 minute assessments for the, for this skill. The skill that you're teaching should be really small and the assessment, the weekly or bi-weekly assessment should also be really small. I aim for progress monitoring assessments to not take more than two or three minutes. If it's taking you even five, 10 minutes, that's too much. It should be a snapshot of, is the child progressing in that skill area? And that's it. So collect your progress monitoring assessments that you want to use. And then with these, be picky about what you choose. Make sure the materials assess the exact skill area, not a wide range of skills. If you're looking for some skill-based progress monitoring materials, I'll link what I use in the show notes. I've been using them for years, so take a look at them, but really do be picky about it. Like if your goal is, for example, working on rhyming words or working on magic e-words, your progress monitoring assessment shouldn't be including sight words along with reading the magic e-words. If your goal is to read the CVC e-words, then your assessment should not be spelling them. That's a different skill. Encoding and decoding are very different skills. So make sure when you are choosing your progress monitoring material, your, your you know, very quick snapshots, make sure that it really does match the skill that you would want to have for that, for that goal or that, that intervention, that skill that you're working on. The fourth step in all this 
is preparing your interventions for the year, choose your favorite organizational system. Personally, I have always liked using three ring binders. I have way too many of them at this point, but I love them. And I use, you know, page protectors because I do not like punching holes. And then, you know, my copies have the holes and I hate that. So I use three ring binders and page protectors to organize all my materials. I put my progress monitoring assessment materials, data collection sheets in the front, and then I put the intervention materials with lesson plans behind it. And I've also used, over the years, I've used hanging folders in boxes or filing cabinets. You know, like those boxes, like accordion boxes that were popular uh, several years ago that I thought that were just absolutely wonderful and that had the handle at the top and I could, that ended up being a nightmare. Just give me my binder. But if that works for you, by all means, please go with it. It did work for me for like a year or two, but I, binders and page protectors that's that's my jam i do suggest very strongly that you choose a place to start saving goals it could just be a sheet at in the beginning or at the in in the front of your hanging folder or at the front of your binder or whatever you want to use and start writing down the goals that you could use for when for when you meet in data chats or mtss meetings the reason that i like to have goals on hand is it just, it kind of clears my mind. And when we're talking about a skill set that a child is struggling in, I know what the kiddo needs. I do. You do. You're sitting there. You know your student. You know what they what they really need to work on. It's kind of nice in, in the rush of data chat meetings or MTSS meetings or whatever you call them. It's kind of nice to be able to just look at what you have available, look at the goals, look at, you know, what, what have you already thought through? And it's really easy to figure out, okay, you know what? <clears throat> This goal would be really good for this kiddo. The kiddo is, we're looking at CVCE. You know what? The child's really good at re- reading these words in isolation. The child needs to be reading them in sentences. So your goal could be the child will be able to read CVCE words when given in a sentence, <laughs> in a sentence with 80, 90, whatever percent accuracy. And then it's, you already have that goal. There you go. It's, it's there. You can now use it and throw it out there to the team and say, Hey, you know, here's my reasoning behind it. Here's what I'd like to do. And look, I already have my stuff. Having those goals already there, it just saves my brain from having to think about it in meetings where I feel like there's so much pressure and there's so many eyes on me at once to to come up with this stuff on the fly. I just like having some ideas out there already. That's me. It's up to you. If you like that idea, use it by all means. Finally, to make your life a whole lot easier, again, kind of going back to my brain and feeling like I'm in the hot seat during data chat or MTSS meetings, make a master list of the skills in the specific order that they should be taught. So list them from most to least basic or most foundational, however you want to look at it. And, you know, most foundational to most complicated. And then include what intervention or interventions, you know, you think best addresses each specific skill area, along with the possible progress monitoring materials that you would choose to use. And again, 
the the first year that you kind of collect stuff your your list isn't going to be or probably won't be that extensive but after you've been doing progress monitoring for as long as i have your list gets pretty extensive it does and you end up writing you know little notes in the margins of you know this is really good for this area but this one's better for this and it makes it super easy to discuss goals materials, interventions in MTSS meetings. It just having it all ready, it makes you look like the rock star you are to administration and and to parents if they're sitting in these meetings as well, which can happen in certain cases. I love just taking that pressure off of myself. But added bonus, it prevents that annoying annoying to me. I don't know about you, but it's annoying to me. Conversation of someone suggesting an intervention that you may or may not be familiar with. It may or may not be one that you like or are in tune with. Having to talk about that in front of administration or parents. I really don't like debating the merits of one intervention type over another in big meetings with people who, quite frankly, may or may not actually know what they're talking about. So to avoid that entirely, <laughs> or I like to come to the meeting with what I want to use in different situations ready to go. Now, don't get me wrong. If somebody looks at me and goes, I think this intervention is absolutely what your child, what your student needs, and I don't know anything about it, Let's talk about it. I would love to learn something new. Maybe your intervention is, you know, the bomb diggity and it's exact. Oh, man, I just aged myself there. I'm gonna leave it in. It's fine. You can make fun of me. But <laughs> now I'm off track. Maybe that intervention is the bomb diggity. And maybe I need to expand my horizons. But I'm going to tell you right now, if the intervention that they're, you know, showing me is absolutely not targeting the skill that I know my student needs, you best believe I'm going to debate it. And I'm ad absolutely going to advocate in front of administration and parents and whoever else and explain in no uncertain terms why that intervention isn't appropriate. That's just that's just the way I am. I have enough experience with a bunch of different interventions to be able to on the fly discuss, hey, that intervention is not what we need for this skill set. But again, if I don't have something that I already, you know, have in my back pocket to pull out, it's really hard, especially in front of administration to say, to turn down an intervention, even though you know, it's probably not one that would be in the best interest of the child. It's really hard to turn down an intervention if you don't have something to say, you know what, this is already, I know this, and this is going to meet that child's needs. And, and so again, just to prevent the argument in the first place if possible, but also to have, you know, that extra safety loop for my students and for myself to be able to do it. Extra bonus on all that, whether you're going to debate it or not, but all of this, having this, this list, this master list um, prepared, it prevents someone from saying, oh, I'll get that intervention to you. And then I mean, let's be honest, 99% of the time, one of two things happens. You end up with a program with pieces missing or no program gets delivered at all. And that is such a pain, especially when you're sitting in your next meeting and everyone's looking at you because you're in the hot seat, wondering where your data is. 
I've, I've been there. I've been there. You have no answer, right? Because you never got the program or, you know, you got a program that was so janky, you know, <laughs> like half the thing is missing. So the stuff that you were supposed to use wasn't available and you couldn't do anything. And it's so annoying. There's no way that you could possibly collect the data that you needed in an appropriate amount of time. That is some ick that I want to avoid at all costs. I don't like it. <laughs> so because I love to help a fellow teacher out, here's a bonus tip to save you some time, stress, and maybe some ick during the school year. Collect your data sheet, your data collection sheets. Get those copies now before the copier breaks because you know it's going to break. You know it's going to. Just have it ready now so that you're not scrambling or having to write your data on post-it notes like yours truly has had to done do in the past. Yeah. Extra credit bonus there. Learned from experiences. If you'd like more help with this, you know, from somebody who has been there a couple times, uh, or you just want to get your hands on some easy-to-use data collection sheets, I'd like you to check out my five steps to get started progress monitoring. It's a freebie. I'll link it in the show notes, or you can get on my website, teachingstrugglinglearners.com. It has data collection sheets, observation sheets, tips and tricks to make MTSS, RTI, data chats, whatever you call it, those meetings as easy as possible this year and every year because goodness knows teaching is hard enough. We need, we need the easy button. Altogether, getting your progress monitoring plan materials together could take a few hours. Ooh, which is an absolute sacrifice when you think about all that missed beach time. But it is well worth it when you think about the time, the stress, the ick saved over the coming school year. I hope you find the time and energy to get prepped this year and let me know how it goes. You can find me on Instagram or Facebook at Teaching Struggling Learners. Until next time, may your coffee be strong, your students calm, and your summer super, super long. Bye.